Welcome to Enlightenedhood, a sacred space for mothers, mothers to be, and mothers by proxy to share how mindfulness and spirituality intertwine with one of life's biggest responsibilities, motherhood. Each week, we will gather nuggets of inspiration, empowerment, and wisdom from wild and woke mamas who are tapped into their highest selves and raising the next generation along with the consciousness of this planet. I'm your host, Lena Lemos, founder of Enlightenedhood, a community of mindful and spiritual mamas committed to personal growth and divine sisterhood through our one-of-a-kind inner work membership and spiritual magazine. Welcome. I am so grateful that you're here. Hello, you mindful mamas. I just have to share with you, I decided last week to take the week off from doing entrepreneurial things. (laughs) And instead I spent the week meditating, napping. I read The Alchemist for the first time ever because apparently I was the only one who did not get the memo about that book. (laughs) And really just spent time to receive because I was getting all these signs, all these messages from my body that I needed to slow down or else I was going to find myself burnt out. And on top of that, my husband's family lost a dear friend and a man who was like a second father to my husband. And his passing really triggered a lot of unprocessed grief. And I knew The only way for me to move forward and to be strong and be able to hold space for others was if I also did it for myself. But anyway, I feel like an entirely different person and I haven't felt this good in a really long time, as long as I can remember. And I was actually making a video for Instagram TV today and I was watching it back and I almost didn't recognize myself And I just think it's so beautiful in the way that we transform internally, externally, and just the way that the shift just happens slow and all at different times and different places. But watching myself, I can see a different light. And it's really hard for me to say that because I don't like talking about myself. But I think when you can recognize that within yourself, that means that it's huge. So I just wanted to share that with you. But my guest today, I've kind of been keeping her to myself. (laughs) I haven't shared her with you and maybe that's selfish, but she's the warmest, most wonderful soul that you will meet. And I am so honored to know her and to be connected with her and to be a soul sister. And it just feels like I've known her for lifetimes. And I am just so honored that she is going to share with us really groundbreaking information in the spiritual world because today we are talking about the female archangels. Who are they? What do they do? How are they different from the archangels we know like Michael and Raphael and how can we start to connect with them and have them help us and assist us and tap into that divine feminine energy. As we see, we talk about this a lot in this podcast, right? We see the resurgence of the divine feminine come back. So how can we start to connect with the 
the female archangels as a way of this beautiful synchronicity of the universe. And Callista, my guest today, is going to share it all. So Callista is an award-winning author, pioneer of spiritual ascension, and a magical leader who truly walks her talk. Through creating the therapy modalities Angel Healing, Unicorn Healing, and Atlantean Crystal Healing, Callista has attuned thousands of souls worldwide to the angelic, elemental, and crystalline kingdoms and believes by healing and empowering our lives, we help all creation thrive. Known for her warm, uplifting approach to spirituality, Callista's first book, Unicorn Rising, Living Your Truth and Unleash Your Magic, won Best Newcomer and received a commendation in Best Magic Book in the 2019 Soul and Spirit Awards. Her new book, The Female Archangels, Evolutionary Teachings to Heal and Empower Your Life, has been long awaited and was just released a few days after we recorded this, which was in March. And I have a copy and it has really changed my life. I will, of course, link to the book in the description of this episode so you can get your own copy. But I just have to share with you that I attended the book launch party on Zoom, of course. And Callista did this really beautiful channel where she brought forward a bunch of the female archangels and we were attuned to their energy and connected with them. And I have to tell you, since then, my life has completely changed. My view of myself has completely changed. My energy has completely changed. She talks a lot in the book about your wings and opening your wings. And I've been doing a wing visualization every morning and it's really helped me heal a lot of the stagnant feminine energy that's been stuck in my body. And they have also the female archangels, although I haven't done all of the exercises and the meditations in the book yet, I have asked them for help and connected with them. And they have brought forward so many gifts and wonderful teachings already. So I just know using the tools and the rituals that she provides in this book it is truly going to change your life. So please go get your copy. But anyway, I am so excited for this episode. I think it's kind of the recognition of the divine feminine and our intuition that we all need right now and that reminder of how we're all connected. So without further ado, here's Callista. Okay, so where do we even start with the female archangels? Because I've never heard of female archangels <laughs> before. I am slightly familiar with, you know, the big ones like Michael and Raphael, but tell me everything I need to know about female archangels. So female archangels, yeah, not many people know about the female archangels but they are here they started to come forward around about 11 11 11 when we made the transition into the Aquarian age and for so long we have connected with angels through this perception that they're masculine because they've been depicted that way through literature and art religion I guess because religion was viewed through a patriarchal lens where God was seen as this external masculine being and Jesus, his son, was masculine. But now the tables are turning. 
the feminine, which is which has been suppressed not just for two thousand years, really since the last golden age, so going back like ten thousand years since the fall of Atlantis, is beginning to rise, and so to help us as we listen to ourselves and honor what needs to be healed and empowered within us, our spiritual teams are changing. There has to be an evolution that's happening within us, but there also has to be an evolution in our spiritual team and the way that we interact with our teams. And so the feminine aspects of the angels who have always been there are now choosing to show themselves to meet the feminine that is rising within us, no matter if we're male or female in body, but also the feminine that's rising within Mother Earth herself. And I I liken angels to coins. You know, a coin has two sides. One side has the expression of the feminine, the other side the expression of the masculine. But in truth, they're the same coin. Mm-hmm. It's just on any given day, we might flow more with the feminine or the masculine. We obviously have these aspects within us. And ultimately, angels are androgynous beings. They're, they're unified, but because they are our closest ally to help us to navigate through humanity and all its ebbs and flows, especially like what we're dealing with right now. Um, they come forward in a way that we can recognize. And the best way to do that, of course, is a form that's similar to our own. Um, many people have started to connect with the feminine archangels, and we can see this through card decks. A lot of the card decks in the last like mm, 10 years or so have started to be more feminine. We've seen the rise on goddess books and goddess oracle cards, goddess circles. Red tent events, women really, you know, really finding themselves and meeting themselves and coming into their sexuality. You know, it's here, it's happening right now. But it's also happening in different ways, you know, with the Me Too movement, women's empowerment. Um, And so the angels are just really reflecting the current changes that are going on in our collective tribe or human tribe. Yeah, I guess that makes so much sense because of someone who is really connected and watching that divine feminine change and come back. It only makes sense that it's not only on the ground level with us and healing those sisterhood wounds, but it goes to all of those higher realms, including angels. Yes. Yeah. And goes to really physical, more grounded 3D systems like the economy you know, which is now beginning to crumble through the coronavirus and everything that's getting sort of reborn through that, the feminine will come forward. And what is the feminine way in terms of the economy? Would be sacred exchange, would be exchanging gifts with each other instead of there being money or just a deeper way to value who we are. Um, yeah, the feminine is is moving through everything. And the thing is, feminine energy is unstoppable. It is, it's creation itself. It's untapped creation potential. So when did you start working with angels? And when did you start connecting with the feminine angels? So I had my first angel experience when I was six years old that I can consciously remember. But I believe I, I always knew that they were there. And I remember my mum was a single parent. So my gran raised me alongside her. 
And when she was working, I often stayed at my grand's house. And her house was haunted by the spirit of a man. And later in life, I discovered that other people had heard him and experienced him and saw him. But six years old, nobody talked about him. But he would come into my room when I slept at my grand's and really scared me really and my dog <laughs> he would like sleep beside me and I remember just it was almost like it was it was instinctual is the only way I can describe it this instinctual call to an angel to come forward and to protect me and also my dog Scruffy <laughs> and I remember this beautiful luminous light this halo of light wrapped around me and my dog and I just went straight to sleep. It was so peaceful. It was like a, a switch. I, d- I didn't feel the man anymore. I wasn't scared. I knew I was held. I felt really safe. And I did that every time I slept with my gran or every time I felt scared, even during the day, if I felt the presence. But after, you know, growing up, I actually studied to be a cancer research scientist. I got my degree in biotechnology went more into the third dimensional world really and and lived in that space for a long time very different to what I do now completely different but throughout the angels were, were always there even though I had sort of stopped talking to them and had become cynical because there was lots of things that happened you know throughout my teenage years and early 20s events that I thought how could there be angels if these things happened you know and um, so sort of shunned that part of me shunned the angels until around about 2006 when I did a 360 and left science to start up a holistic business a healing business I trained to become a herbal medicine herbal medicine practitioner and discovered Reiki and started to meditate and my life totally changed. Initially I was met by Raphael and Michael as so many people are. They're like our big brothers mm-hmm. and they, you know Michael and Raph are homies and then they came came forward but they didn't come forward just themselves. They came forward with their other halves with their twin flames mm. who of course is virtue. Archaea Virtue, the twin of Raphael, and Archaea Faith, the other half of Archangel Michael, who right now, around the world, is probably the main angel who's really working constantly to help us to remain in faith. How can we, for someone who feels disconnected from the angels, how can we tune into their presence? If we have a desire, we have to have a desire. There has to be a, a little bit of light. To, to make that bridge to them. So if we have a desire to connect with them, but maybe we don't know where to begin, we don't know the tools, we don't have the steps, we don't have the people around, because I certainly didn't at that time. Um, I would say what I did is meditate. Meditate, ask them to come forward. Begin with your guardian angels, which of course we all have. At least, I believe we have two, not just one, I believe we have two guardian angels. Ask them to come forward. They often come forward, one at either side of you. Open to them and ask them for signs that they are with you. 
or signs that they're real and they don't mind if you test them you know ever the scientist that's exactly what I did I test them I said you know if you're real if I'm not like making you up in my head show me give me some signs and I don't just want feathers like the angel signs I want something else and they did they, they put they put certain people in my path um they guided me to win here in the UK we call it dragon's den I think you call it shark tank uh-huh. yeah so it was it was similar to shark tank and I won uh a shop unit where I converted it into a therapy a treatment therapy center for people and a crystal shop and began teaching people about angels and unicorns and how to work with their higher self and their intuition the angels really helped me to 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 win that there I mean there's so much Lena there's so much I can share oh my gosh so can we talk about unicorns for a second because that was your first book right about unicorns yeah first book was called unicorn rising with hay house and yeah I've I've started I've been connected with unicorns since around about 2006 too because I had a skincare company so as I said when I left science I became a herbal medicine practitioner and there was I, I love natural skincare now there's everywhere sells natural skincare back then there wasn't and so I thought okay I'm just going to make my own so I did I made my own skincare but I infused it with Reiki and angel energy had products like fairy soaps and I would put fairy energy into them and I always wanted to create a unicorn soap and I thought I've I've never met the unicorns so I'm just going to sit in meditation if I have met the unicorn guides if you're real please come forward and they did and I talk about this in my book I share the experience of what happened and it was so bloody magical I can still feel it I can still feel their energy and not only did they share how to make an angel soap, what essential oils to use to mimic their frequency if they were a smell. <laughs> um, they said, okay, Callista, together we are going to create a hands-on healing modality, which later became Unicorn Healing, which I now teach globally. Um, and it's the same with Archangel Raphael and Michael. They both said, we're going to create a hands-on healing modality, which of course is now angel healing. And um, and now my, my second book called The Female Archangels has a lot of the techniques from the angel healing system within it. What was it like going from very 3D scientific analytical world into this very holistic connecting with unicorns and fairies type of being. Was it easy to let go of that? Did you find resistance when you made that shift? Yeah, there was a lot. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of resistance. There was a lot. You know, I'm really pra- I'm a such a pragmatic, practical person. So I started my skincare company while I was still working as a scientist, just to you know transition myself in nicely, gently. But I still still took me six months to make a clean jump to take the clean leap of faith, and I resisted. I resisted in so many different ways, but I didn't listen. I wasn't listening to my thoughts. Then I wasn't listening to my feelings. Lastly, our physical body, of course, if we're not listening to our intuition and our soul, 
then that's when stuff manifests in our body to give us that nudge to make the leap. And so I lost sight in one of my eyes, completely lost sight. Um, and I, I know now that it was because I was scared of the path ahead. I literally was scared of my path. I didn't want to see it. And I remember going into my science job and literally being told, you're absolutely fine. Just come to work with an eye patch. Like there was no compassion. <laughs> there was no compassion at all. And I thought, you know, no way. I'm not doing this anymore. And I left. And it's the best decision. But I left all my friends. My fiance at the time was an academic. So we split up, you know, I literally went from having everything to nothing but really I had I had everything because I, I was happy in myself. I'd followed my intuition. I re, was reconnect, reconnecting to the fairies and the angels that I had a connection with when I was younger. And I tell this story a lot because sometimes we just need to be reminded to take these leaps of faith, especially if we've become so so rigid in our patterns and rigid in our life. And this is what I believe is happening globally right now is I think everybody has got so comfy and the only way we can wake up is to have a wake-up call and I believe this is what's happening right now it's like a global wake-up call for us all to go shit you know we have to change our ways mm-hmm. and it's just that beautiful reminder that we have like you said everything we have everything that we need and it's just all inside of us just have to have faith just have to have faith and and remember that the steps are not going to fill in. I think often people, myself included, we we want to see the path ahead so clearly. We want to know that the leap that we're taking to leave a relationship or change career or have a child, we want to know that that's going to be a blessed path and the best path for us. But of course, we can't see that. We, we might be the best psychic in the world, but we can still, still not 100% guaranteed. So we have to have faith. So what was it like stepping into your truth and your authentic self and reconnecting and then being a spiritual being and transitioning into motherhood? Yeah, the motherhood one <laughs> was probably the biggest living workshop that I'm still such a novice in. And I've had three t- three kids. <laughs> I'm still learning. I've got a three-year-old, four-year-old and uh, a 10-month-year-old daughter. Wow. And it's busy. But I would say my life up until I had kids was easy. And now I look back and think, oh my God. But our kids, for me, being a mother is probably the most heavenly divine service that there is because we carry such a responsibility to be a template for our kids. And if we understand that and we bring our heart to that, then we we can truly recreate this world through our children by being the best that we can. Um, but for me, after I left science, the babies I needed to have were the healing systems, angel healing, unicorn healing. It took me a couple of years to get them off the ground. Um, they were really popular. So I traveled the world, taught in Europe and the States. Um, 
now they're online based, so I teach like in every continent. Um, but then round about 2013, after living in the States for a while, I was over in Maine. I did a vision quest, a Native American quest, where I went out into the wild for 10 days, five of which fasted, only had water, didn't have a tent. You only had like a, a sheet to kind of cover yourself from the rain. And that was it. And once you walk over that spiritual threshold, that's you. You're not in the physical world anymore. You just have to rely on yourself, rely on your intuition. And I thought I was doing that quest to heal sexual trauma. And actually, that quest turned out to be an initiation into motherhood. (laughs) And uh, I'm getting quite emotional because I can remember some of the hardest points of that vision quest because you go into ceremony and a lot of the ceremony you have to call people forward in your life that you (laughs) sorry that you have unfinished business with so I called in all these people like I've suffered like sexual abuse and things so I call forward all these people and And then I call forward fear. And then I call forward the darkness itself to face and all these things. Anyway, came away very empowered. But all throughout my vision quest was the spirit of my first child, Rowan. He he was there with me. And uh, when I came back from vision quest into the physical world again, my then partner, I said to him, "Um, I can really feel... Reverend spirit by the way this is the child that we're going to have yada yada you know had that conversation let's let's co-create Reverend tonight you know and I shouldn't have been fertile at all I'd just been fasting for five days I wasn't fertile at all in my cycle but Reverend was conceived that day that night he was conceived after the day after vision quest and He's my first child and we have the most insane connection because he was with me spiritually before he was here in the physical. And I know this has happened to so many and no doubt, is this the relationship that you have? Yeah, with my daughter. We've had many lifetimes together, but I have goosebumps just hearing that because the connection that we have with our kids and when we can recognize that before they're born is just such a powerful and amazing thing. It's so powerful because, and I think the reason um, I got emotional there is because lately, throughout the whole coronavirus um, sort of sweeping of the world, what I'm taking from it is such appreciation of family. And so I've been looking at my kids lately, literally today, through new eyes of, I've always appreciated them, but um retelling you that story and the listeners even though Rowan I look at look to him and he's a four-year-old little boy when he came forward and he helped me in vision quest he was a huge spirit you know he had such power and he holds that power within him just now of course he does because his path is great I know what his path is going to be or the skeleton of it and so I even have more appreciation even though he's like a little boy I can see his spirit and his soul and what a gift for us to be aware of that as awakened beings that we can see that that's such a gift to cherish 
I agree. And you bring up such a good point of this time and being able to look at our kids through that lens, because I think we we fall into these social constructs of the the power hierarchy and the way that we're supposed to treat our children or act towards our children and looking at them through that more enlightened spiritual lens and acknowledging the power and the size of their soul and their being is just the world would be a much better place if we could all do that for our children. It would, because at the end of the day, they are our our teachers. They're our legacy. Mm-hmm. We we owe it to them. We owe it to ourselves. To many people, I, I wonder if you agree, live through their children. So they're not living their life. They're living through their mm-hmm. kids. And so therefore, there's a lot of control putting children and that. I see it even in the school system here. And I believe that's going to change. I believe there's going to be much more heart and compassion brought to schooling, to childcare in general, hopefully, because we need to listen to our kids. We need to give them a voice. We can't put them in boxes and make them sing to our own tune. Mm. We have to listen to them. Yeah. And of course, they're going to still be kids and be like little mischievous monkeys. But um, the the more space that we can give them to breathe and express and be who they are, so much the better. I agree. And I think as you were saying that, what came to me was that it, that work starts with us because we have to heal what we're projecting onto them of the control of who we want them to be. And when we can heal all those inner wounds and be able to show up as our most authentic self, we give them that space to be authentically them. It's true. It is very true. And I believe people who do project and, you know, we're, we're all human here. We're not perfect. Um, I truly believe that's the bigger story of the divine feminine is being able to listen to our inner child and what he, she needs. Um, So we stop the projection onto our kids, but also into our intimate relationships as well. So with that, let's talk about rituals or ceremonies that we can do as mamas at home to really tap into that divine feminine and connect with the female archangels. Oh, yes. The, the book that I've just written um, has a living of the Archaea. Living, that's what they're called, the Archaea or Archaei. Female archangels came forward. Um, and I could talk about every one, but it would be a very long podcast. <laughs> the, the, the one that I want to talk about the most, because she's like stepping forward and I can feel her in the energy of the picture behind me, is um, Archaea Freedom, who is the other half of Archangel Jeremiah. Jeremiah and Freedom as one angel are the angel of our emotional body and our, especially our relationship through our navel centre. The navel center, the navel chakra, we don't often talk about that. We talk about solar plexus and the, and the sacral, that sweet spot right in between. Um, the navel center is something I believe we should be tuning in and tapping into on a, on a, on a daily basis. And so in the book, there's loads of practical ways for everybody to, to work with their navel and work with freedom. Specifically, though, she came forward. She's a bit of a rebel. She came forward with a, 
you know, ways for us to empower our sexuality. And I know in women's groups, you know, we can talk about yonis and, you know, our vulva, our vagina and everything. And it's, it's, it's fine. But there's a, there's, there's still a lot of women who can't, who don't even know what their vulva looks like Mm -hmm. or, or carry shame around self-pleasuring and and men as well. And so in the book, I never thought I would write an angel book all about, you know, give yourself some time for self-pleasuring, but that's exactly what she came forward and said. And so I think even the act of of connecting with ourselves in that way, but making it a ceremony, even just touching your skin in the bath. But like as we touch ourselves, imagine that it's God touching us, like it's source or don't like that word God. Um love the essence of pure love is touching our skin and then recognizing that we're the essence of pure love because the feminine is all about nurture and listening and it's sensory it's sensual doesn't have to be sexual in the way that we perceived it for a long time um but i would say reconnecting to ourselves and making it a sensory experience, whatever that looks like or, or is for you, that would be what I would recommend. It it is amazing that not amazing. Amazing is not the word I'm looking for. I don't know what the right word is, but how with the divine feminine coming back and us stepping into this place of being empowered females that there is still such that patriarchy construct of being shamed for sexuality in our bodies. And I mean, we see those constructs breaking and us moving above, but so many of us still hold those traumas and that shame that we've been conditioned to believe about our bodies and our femininity and our sexuality. So how can we start to heal that in order to let us even have a ceremony like that to truly tap in and connect. We need to go to the core of often. So if I go back to the navel chakra for a second, even just breathing into that area and realizing that we have a navel center really helps, um, just begins that process of meeting those inner wounds of shame or unworthiness or separation which ultimately is what's blocking us from accepting ourselves, accepting our body, feeling comfortable in our own skin. Um, Archaea Freedom talks about how there is six aspects to our goddess, to the goddess within us, whether we're male or female in body. There's the girl, there's the mother, there's the crone or the grandmother energy, there's the warrior, there's the queen, there's the um, Magdalena, she calls it. And so even this, the color of magenta, which is coming forward so much, is the color of the Magdalena. And the reason I'm saying Magdalena is because Mary Magdalene was renowned for being a prostitute. And so that's obviously, there's a lot of shame, but she wasn't a prostitute. In fact, she was one of the disciples. Of course she was. Like we know this and there's books now about Mary Magdalene. Um, but Magdalena lives and breathes within us she's the aspect of her goddess her 
the sort of shadow side of that energy is shame and disgrace and dirtiness and um, censure. But the positive side, when we empower those wounds, those shadows, is uh, freedom and openness and sensuality and um, being comfortable in who we are. And so we can start that journey of remembering and embodying who we are, that aspect of us, simply through breathing through our navel chakra, which, if you need a visual, is like an orangey, pinky ball. And you can work with crystals or you can work like the scent of neroli. Neroli oil really opens up that center and then go from there. I think we all have a lot of time at home right now (laughs) to explore and tap in. (laughs) We do, we do. We have lots of time. So tell me a little bit more about your book. It's coming out in March, right? Which is right now. Yeah, it's coming out on the 29th. It's available to pre-order tomorrow, which is exciting. Yeah, I'm going to have to get a copy. I'm super excited about it. It's it's It was a lifeline actually to write. I only wrote it in two months. It started to come forward. The seeds started to come forward around about 2012. But it needed to mature a little bit. I needed to have my kids. Um, but as I was writing it in those two months, my dad passed. And so, but I needed to go through that kind of catharsis with my dad and divine masculine wounding then in order to write certain aspects of the book and I split up with my fiance and had to adapt to being a single mom of three and the book taught me like the teachings that were coming through from the angels I let myself be a student of them and honestly Lena they really helped me and so I know the book will speak to so many from from single mothers to those who are in happy relationships, it doesn't really matter. And to men, there's there's ceremonies in there for men as well. Was a lot of the information that you got just you being the channel and sharing and they see, because I, my connections are more just like Claire, um, what is the word? Oh my gosh, not sentience. What's the one that's just knowing? A cognizance. So it's just like a, it was yours, just more of a, this is what I need to write. Or was it just a fluid hand and it was coming out of you? Or what does that process of connecting with these angels to then put the words on paper look like? Yeah. I'm like you, I'm clear cognizance. So it's the knowing. Knowing drops in. Um, at certain points, I sat outside in my garden and channeled writing because in every chapter there's messages direct from them. And then I sort of unpack that. And then we go into ceremonies or rituals or attunements. But I had to try, I had to try everything on and sort of give it that more grounded feel. And that was really important because the female archangels are all about bringing heaven to earth and making it grounded and easy to apply because they understand we're busy. We can't sit in meditation cushions all day, or maybe we can right now. But (laughs) (laughs) So they, they, they want, they're, they're very aware of providing ways that are easy to apply, but profound and that work. 
There's no fluff in the book. They go straight to the point. Yeah, I can't wait for everyone to read it. I can't wait to read it. I'm going to order my copy tomorrow. Yay. (laughs) Well, it's been such a pleasure having you on this podcast. It's been so juicy. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you, listeners. I look forward to connecting with you. Please send any questions you have about the female archangels. Yes. And I like to end this podcast, which is wise words for anyone listening who might need a pick me up today or or just some empowerment to step into their best self. So what are your wise words to end on? I'm going to ask Archaea Faith to come forward and share because, and freedom, just Archaea freedom, just to collectively come forward and share some love. And as they shared these words, I'm asking them to be with all the listeners. And I'm seeing the angels place their hands specifically on our shoulders as they stand behind us. And they're asking us at this time to remember the importance of having a clear heart and a clear third eye so that we can envision the future that we want to create through the changes that are taking place right now, rather than clinging to old paradigms and ways of being, to remember that we collectively are creating the new earth, but that new earth cannot be born without our creative vision and allowance because it's time to remember and embody and express through our own ways, our own gifts and talents, that we are the creator of our reality. We are the hands, but we are also the clay that molds and shapes and sings worlds into existence. And so it's time to remember And they bring forward that with so much love and the visualization to really keep clear in our third eye and our heart when we meditate every day. And just to imagine what we want our life to look like going forward, but also what we want the new earth to look like. How do we want to to envision that and really dream it and feel it and make it come to life? Thank you for listening to Enlightenhood. For more wisdom from spiritual mamas like you in the form of guided meditations, videos, articles, masterclasses, and more, check us out at enlightenhood.com or connect with us on Instagram at enlightenhood. If you need a tribe of like-minded women to dive into personal and spiritual development with, check out our monthly membership where we show up, go inward and upward together. Enroll today at enlightenhood.com backslash membership for less than the cost of a yoga class. Until next time, you mindful mamas.